You're listening to the RYNJ podcast, bringing you information, insight, and analysis of business news around the Garden State. I'm your host, Anjali Kimlani. I'm joined today by President and CEO of the New Jersey Hospital Association, as well as a former health commissioner for the state, Kathleen Bennett. We caught up with Kathy at the Witham Health Symposium this year. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kathleen. Why, it's good to be with you again, Anjali. So let's jump right in. Um, I know that, you know, for the longest time, the Hospital Association has been very focused on the contributions of your members um, within, you know, the state, within the communities that they serve. They are anchor institutions, many of them, and that has always carried a burden uh, with it of sort of proving value in the community. In this day and age where we're hearing more about social determinants of health and, and issues like that and ideas like that developing in healthcare, is there a change or should there be a change in how these institutions are looking at their, their contributions to the communities? That's a really good question, and it's one that I think we are, you're right, we've looked at it over the years. And so you see that our hospitals last year provided $23.6 billion in economic impact, um, which included things like $3.5 billion just in purchased services, which takes place locally. Um, in addition, you saw $2.8 billion in community benefit. But I think one of the challenges is you see a lot of money flowing in to support New Jersey, the economy, to support households. But what we haven't done as good a job of is actually capturing the full impact of what we do to support our communities. Typically, when we talk about that $2.8 billion in community benefit, what we're talking about are the things that show up on the 990 Schedule H. And I think that's where we have some room to better tell our story and also talk about the value we provide. What, what are some of the examples of things where you count it or, or you know, count it as community benefit? What does that look like? Because in, in today's role, I feel like we're, you know, the, the conversation is shifting to an individual in the community or um, high need communities within an area versus just generic sort of giving back and volunteer efforts. And I think you're right. You know, some of what we've seen traditionally when we count uh, community benefit and what's on the Schedule H is what, you know, captures direct patient services. So it can be, you know, charity care. It can be unreimbursed uh, Medicaid. It can be something like, you know, continuing professional education so that we're better, you know, positioned to provide the direct care. But what we see is that, you know, our hospitals and others in the healthcare continuum are doing a whole lot more. And when I say a whole lot more, I take a look at the things they do, for example, with the high utilizers of the emergency departments. So, you know, for here, a good example would be, you know, one woman um, had six emergency department visits in a year for asthma. And asthma is something that, you know, we're all pretty aware of what we need to do to control it. She was well-educated. She knew what she needed to do but she kept having repeat visits. And you know, what it took was a clinician asking some questions and then you know the hospital doing a follow-up with the woman and asking, can we come into your home and help do an assessment to see if there are any triggers within your home environment? And that was the starting point. And within their home, you know, they found out that she's suffering from secondhand smoke and also an abundance of dust. And those were her two main triggers. So with that, they were able to actually, you know, work with her on what's the cleaning plan and how do you actually capture and remove dust. 
They also were able to help facilitate a conversation that she needed to have with a relative that was residing with her and their need to smoke outdoors. With those two things resolved, she did not have a repeat emergency department visit the following year. So that's you know one of the success stories, and that doesn't happen without a significant investment on the part of a hospital. If you think about you know the personnel that was required to go out, the time it took, um, and also the reporting back, so you could see what was happening on the uh, on the flip side after the intervention occurred. So is there a way our hospitals learning how to put value on that because one of the biggest issues always has been is that each thing that gets done has a reimbursement value attributed to it right through a, a payer government payer reinsur- or uh, through insurance. So without that as an underlying factor the same way that we've seen the transition in telehealth will we be seeing a similar conversation take place at the payer level? Well, I think that you you're starting to see payers talk about uh, value-based care, but value-based doesn't necessarily include these elements that are tied to social need. As a matter of fact, I think one of the biggest you know, policy and systemic issues that we have it is a country that is still you know, financing what is good health outcomes um, in a very arcane way. So we have you know, public health addressing one component, we have social services com- addressing another, and then we have the healthcare providers themselves addressing a third. And until we can find a way to create a blended payment so that we can address the health of a person and of a community, rather than addressing the revenue streams of the different providers, we're not going to get to a place where we need to be in terms of a reimbursement. What about the regulatory environment in New Jersey for it? I mean, wearing your old hat on for a second, do you feel like there's a role that the um, Department of Health can play as well? I think that the Department of Health can play a role, and I think that you're starting to see it. Um, you know, I've been really pleased with you know the, the, the words and the actions of Acting Commissioner Persa Kelly. Um, one of the things we as a hospital association invested in and kicked off last year uh, was uh, implicit bias. And uh, we're going to continue our focus there. She is as well. And we know that with implicit bias, there's also some structural racism. And that if we want to actually get to social determinants and the things that create you know, a non-sustainable environment, we're going to have to get to those underlying issues. And we see the department starting to take action in that arena. And it is very supportive of what we as a hospital association began last April. That's all I had for you. Thanks so much. Thanks. I appreciate your time. 